Welcome back to the DJ Sessions, where we feature the best DJs, producers, and electronic music industry professionals from around the world. I'm your host, Darren, and right now we're sitting in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, and on the other line, on the other end, on that side, coming in on the Zoom from Las Vegas, Nevada, we have Mimosa today. Mimosa, how's it? How you doing? I'm doing great, Darren. Thank you. Thanks for awesome. I assume the weather down there in Vegas is as it always is, hot, no rain. Dry, very dry. Yeah. <laughs> dry. No, I, I love Vegas. I have some friends that live down there. We're looking to, we're expanding down to the Arizona market, the Phoenix, Arizona market. So we'll be right in your vicinity, your area. Hopefully we can collab soon. But, but, but you're coming to Seattle here shortly. Tell us a little bit about what you're coming to Seattle for, why you're coming to Seattle. Yeah. So uh, I'll be out there um, on, on the 10th, on June 10th. Mm -hmm. um, at the monkey loft um i'm out there uh promoting my new album 369 uh which dropped on april 20th this year um yeah i'm super stoked to come out and uh share music with everybody yeah have you played the monkey loft before have you been there before i want to say i have uh my memory is shot uh i want to say that i have though it's been around for for a while right it's been around before it was a nightclub when I used to hang out there and after party there upstairs in the owner's I, apartment. <laughs> yeah, then I, I think I, I probably rolled through there probably at some point. Yeah, it definitely has become one of our more premier locations in the Seattle nightlife. It, it kind of has become a fixture in the Seattle nightlife scene. I've done a lot of work there with a number of crews over the years, and the team you're hooking up with, the drum, the deep and bass crew. You know, got to give shots out to Rob Noble, Micah Manahan, and Gene, you know, Gene Lee, and just say, what's up? I'm so glad you're bringing it up. I was listening to the 369 album before the interview, and I got to say, I would love to get you into our mobile studio and have you take a tour around Seattle when you're here, but I'll be in Phoenix. But the good news is, is we're building another truck down in Phoenix, and we'll bring that up to Vegas, and we'll collab there. Let's do it, man. I'm ready when you guys are. Yeah. So I got to ask you a question. For those that don't know about Mimosa, can you describe what your genre, what your style of music is like? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, so <laughs> I, I make everything from um, meditation music to um, mainstream rap to trap music to underground electronic bass music. Um, I'd say my two, I say my main thing is probably, uh, you could describe it as underground electronic bass music. <laughs> but the three, six now, three, six, nine album, what would you define the genre of that album as? Like I said, it's all over the map. I mean, okay. generally I make, I make everything from meditation music to, like I said, I mean, just everything to hardcore dubstep to, okay. I don't, I don't necessarily sit down and think I'm, you know, going to do a genre or a type of music. I just let whatever happens happen. And, uh, when, you know, when I'm, when I feel like I have enough work, I, I just sit down and, and just see what kind of flows together and how, how I can make a, you know, tell a story with it all. And, um, I, I usually release albums and, uh, this one, we did a very slow, uh, release where we did uh, where we basically released every track as a single leading up to the album um, just 
because I noticed that, and we had some extra tracks when the album came out, just because I noticed that um, when I put out Psychedelic Stereo Volume 2, uh, the only track, the, the, the tracks that people paid, played, paid most attention to were the, the singles that we put out. And uh, the story went unheard, you know? So I felt like this was a good medium between, you know, putting out constant singles and staying true to telling a story and, and you know, getting deeper with it like that. So, um, yeah, I felt like this was a good medium. So, uh, you know, I was listening to a few of the tracks when I, when I, when I was doing some research on you and obviously the first one that hits rock bottom comes on and I'm like, all right, I'm already, I'm already digging this. And I was wondering, do your neighbors ever complain about your music? Because that ish hits hard. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not in my studio right now, but um, I have a very large subwoofer. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure, uh, I mean, you know, the good thing is they get to listen to good music. The, the bad thing is, it's not up to them when. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I said, we, we, we get you in the back of one of our mobile studios. We kind of follow the same philosophy. We have people that love what we do. They don't know when it's going to happen. So when they hear us coming down the block from four or five blocks away, they're kind of like, what is that? Like I said, I want to, I would love to get you in the back of those, those studios. And now you got rock bottom. I was listening to undercover featuring Kayla Ray and I got to into, I uh, believe, uh, it's, is it Mimosa333 uh, was the next one I got into. How do you choose the names for your tracks? So 369 was uh, based on originally Tesla's uh, fascination with the number. Um, but if you look deeper into it, um, three is kind of the beginning. It's the Holy Trinity. It's... Um, it's it's spirit uh nine is the opposite it could be looked at as destruction or matter huh. um, and you add them up together you get nine and you get complete the completion of them the completion of life so uh that's what essentially it was about for me uh creation uh destruction rebirth um but three six nine has you know, it goes a lot deeper than that. And I'm sure I did a horrible job just explaining it. Um, uh, I know, I know it goes down to the number of uh, electrons and I mean, it, it gets deep. Uh, so um, yeah, let's just keep it simple at that. And, uh, <laughs> well, we, yeah. we have, we got gigabytes, we got terabytes. We can keep going. If you, if you wanted to go down the rabbit hole, it's all good. I mean, uh, it's, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, it's, <laughs> I think I said the important part, you know, three is, is the beginning, you know, the whole community for me, that's what my intention was with this. I believe a lot in symbolism. You can see behind me, I, I have a lot of things on my altar. I believe in um, power behind symbols and um, the power that we put behind symbols. So um, the intention that I had was, Three was the Holy Trinity, the beginning, you know, and that's the first, that's how it starts, you know, and uh, six, nine, you know, six is the opposite, 
you could yeah. look at it as the destruction, the the halfway point. You could look at it as the union between material and spirit. Um, and nine uh, together makes uh, you know the complete cycle. Awesome. And how many tracks do you produce in a given month and how many get released? Uh, was this, was this album something that was like, okay, I produced track one a year ago, track two, track three, track four, and then it all led up into an album. Or is this just a series? Like I produce a bunch of tracks and these are the ones I chose to put into three, six, nine. Yeah. I just kind of let the music come to me. I can't really, you can't force art. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I make music when I'm inspired. I can't sit down and write an album. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep writing until I feel like, if I feel like, I, like I have a track right now that's in collaboration with someone that I, I feel like I, I want to release. I feel like it's my best work uh, by far and I'd love to release as a single. But I'm exploring the idea of starting up a, a project, you know, and um, maybe a few and maybe uh, I just let the music take, you know, tell the story. And like I, I write music when I'm inspired, if I'm going through something and it depends on what I'm going through with that storytelling and with that, that and how it pieces together, how that puzzle will fit together in the end. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, I let the music come to me when I'm inspired that could be, you know, I could be inspired and, and sit down and write music for days on end for 12 hour days. And I could, you know, have blocks where I'm just sitting there for six months and I can't get a single thing out, you know, and and that's okay. You know, sometimes you have to live to have a story to tell. You have to have some experience, some life experience. You can't always be in the studio. Otherwise, you're not really um, expressing much other than being in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> totally understandable. And, and do you ever sometimes make music completely? I know you no, name kind of a number of different genres that you, that you produce, but do you ever make anything that's completely outside of your own genre that never gets released? Something you might experiment with or play with? I don't think there's anything outside of my genre. That's what <laughs> I, I keep trying to say. I, I'm not in any type of box where, you know, like I, 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 I will make meditation. I will literally make music that does not have a beat. That is just a, a you know, a bunch of textures and pads and weird notes here and there just for meditation reasons yeah. and you know i have songs like 666 on on the album that are kind of almost rhythm but slower but still as heavy you know and then you know i have songs with kayla that are more poppy you know and then i have songs like rock bottom that you can't even put into a genre what is that you know that's um i don't know 60 beats per minute um bass music uh that's is that a genre <laughs> i don't know uh and, and you know it's melodic but it's not it's not dubstep but it has wobbles but it's it's its own thing you know i mean it's music is music i let it speak for itself you know i i don't 
the only the only time a hashtag is useful if it's trending and you know you're using it on the internet and that's when you want to i guess use that but. how how important is the frequency of music to you frequency meaning how often i put music out um, I, I'm sorry. Let me clarify. The frequency of music. Uh, do you produce stuff in the 432 or the 440 range? Are you do are you tuned with that, or does that is that ring a bell? I, are you familiar with that philosophy? I am familiar with it. I don't. I've never really delved into it. I I don't. I don't. I don't really hear a difference. To be honest. Um. I yeah, I don't really hear a difference. <laughs> it's just you, know, you mentioned um, you make kind of meditation music. I didn't know if you you aspire to make it at a certain frequency level to to do certain things with, and you know it's all no, different I, types of theories I, of stuff that feels good, man. I just make you know music that just feels right. You know, if it feels good to to my soul, then I feel like other people might pick up on that. You know, and that's what really matters. That you know the mathematics of what frequency and what what all that is i don't even know how to read music you know um but i have a great ear and you know i i'm very i mean i've i've been around it all my life i've been touring since my mom's womb she was on tour when she was pregnant with me um literally uh so i've you know it's just in me. Music is in me. I am. I am music. <laughs> I'm glad you do this. And it quite frequently happens that when guests of the show are answering a question and it's almost like they're mind readers and know exactly what question I'm going to ask them next, because my next question was going to be, do you come from a musical family? I do. Yeah. Um, so I, I was born in Armenia and um in the 80s, in, during the Soviet Union, they had something similar to American Idol for the Soviet Union, where every country had to present one singer uh, to represent the country. And uh, long story short, my mom, being from a third world country at the time, kind of uh, was chosen by a composer because he saw her on the street singing, and she happened to win first place. And when she won first place, she was pregnant with me and she, um, yeah, she started touring around the world and um, gave birth to me in Armenia, continued touring, uh, was very successful in her field. And uh, when she got to the States, decided to stay here. And um, yeah, I joined her when I was about three years old. I came back to the States, or not back, I came to the States the first time. Um, so I'm I'm not even a, I'm, I guess I'm a zero generation I'm an immigrant <laughs> yeah um, and yeah I was just always around music growing up um, my pop was was a musician um, you know he he had keyboards laying around the house all the time and you know I'd always go around and he'd be like don't touch my keyboard and I'd always go mess with the knobs and you know whatever uh, always getting in trouble doing stuff like that so yeah I've been around music all my life. That, that's like me in video producing. I was, I was six years old and my dad bought the first video camera in the neighborhood. And it was always like, don't touch this. You're going to break it. And when he'd leave the house, I would bust out the video because he would always put all the, he always put all the, the manuals. It's like, saying, it's like saying, don't think about an elephant. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. You thought about an elephant. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and he always would, when he bought this technology, he'd come home and he'd say, I want you to hook it up, Darren. Here's the manual. You read it, hook it up. So I was familiar with the workings. Of stuff. I don't think my dad even actually used that video camera as a kid. I think he bought it and put it there and said, I'm going to let it there as a test. And if he plays with it, cool. And I did. I, I play with it all the time. And, you know, so I, I you know, and my brothers are musicians. So he had, had uh, got them studio and, and gear, guitars, keyboards, eight, four tracks, eight tracks, rack bands, all that fun stuff. But I went towards the video stuff. So I know it's like when you grow up with stuff in your hands, you know, that you're not supposed to touch, but you kind of like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you can play with it. I actually started off doing video too. I, I was uh, I was picking up uh, weddings at 12 years old, and uh, they would pay me 500 bucks to just you know shoot with my cheap little camera and, and give them a little edit. Um, and I would hustle these little these weddings <laughs> at 12 years old for 500 bucks to pop, you know, cash without paying, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Who would, who would you say has been your biggest influence when it comes to your career as an artist and why? Uh, that's a hard question. Um, I feel like there's, there, there've been many, do you mean musically? Musically, correct. As an art, a music artist. Um, I feel like there are, there, there are too many to name. Um, I, I yeah I can't really name one or two in specific. I mean, um, I really love the work of Lauren, L O R N Lauren. Um, yeah, he's really good. Um, I love Zombie from from the UK. He used to make some amazing music. Scream has played a big impact. On, on my taste music, Rusko obviously on tracks like Three Three Three. I'd say the Glitch Mob. All those guys really um, played a big role in my, you know, initial upbringing in in the music, and especially Joshua. He um, he really helped me out as a as a young young kid uh, in the industry. Um, yeah, man, there's there's a lot of people, um, a lot of, you know, Antenna played a, a great role um, in, you know, maybe not being a musical uh, inspiration, but in, you know, being a good, uh, being a guide and a good mentor and um, dub from you to music. Yeah. <clears throat> um, tastemakers who see music that, um, you know, they, they value before others even appreciate. That's a, that's a lot of influence there. A lot of influence. One that sticks in my mind is obviously the glitch mob. And I'll never forget the first time I heard a glitch mob track. And uh, it was my friend, Sarah Takao, a very good friend of mine. She had gone to the concert. She bought a CD of them and she came by my house to drop it off or do something. As she drove away, this little, like four foot nine, five foot tall girl in a big, big white sedan Deville Cadillacs driving away with the glitch mob playing down Broadway in Seattle. And I'm just like, damn. And it's one of the tracks I play in the mobile studio all the time. It was a uh, gosh, I want to say that was 2009. It had to be 2009. I think it was somewhere 2009 when that album came out and they were on tour on that. But I was instantly hooked. 
I love, I love, I love that. Yeah, that's cool. And and so, what would you say would be one of your strongest motivations to pursue a career in music? What would that be? What's the what's the back end of that? Um, I don't really think about my music as a career. I guess I should. <laughs> um, to me, it's more of a uh, not to sound all hippy dippy. It's more of a spiritual calling. I guess um, it's something that I do regardless of when I was, you know, making, you know, when I was a multimillionaire to, you know, where I'm not making very much money now and just barely scraping by, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for any type of foul. I do it because it's, um, it's healing for me personally. It's inspiring for me when I feel down, it, it lifts me up and, I hope that when I release it, when I when I put it out there as an offering, it does the same for others. And mm-hmm. and that ripple effect can be very healing, not just for myself, but you know, for whoever might be going through something similar. Definitely, definitely. I was following and looking over uh, some of your Facebook posts recently, and you put a question out there that said, new favorite rap tunes. And there were some sure. people that responded, and I was wondering. What are some of your favorite new rap tunes? I'm very disappointed in those answers. I love the I love Kendrick is my favorite rapper of all time. His new his new album is phenomenal. It's uncomparable to anything else. But Dan, I feel like Dan was probably I I just had a little more time to to hang with that album. I had four more years. been on that one so i feel like damn is probably my favorite most influential album at this point that moves me the most um that i just listen to that whole album as a body of work and i'm just like damn you know (laughs) uh it just hits my soul in a different way um and um yeah, that's my favorite rap shit right now. Him, Baby King, uh, Lil Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, another name that I instantly fell in love with. Yeah, fortunately, Gunna and Young Thug, you know, they're going through it right now, but I like, I like all that a lot. Yeah, it was, it was Kendrick was one of the, my, one of my, he's one of my top favorites as well i I have not got a what j cole j cole yeah yeah i I used to i grew up listening to a lot of early um hip-hop rap music you know going way back to like you know obviously you had the run dmc tape raising hell back in the 80s you know that was big but my mom started going to the record store and buying me tapes and apparently the, the person at the record store said oh like she's like my son's into this rap music and what can i get him that's really hot my mom comes home and she hands in his present opened it up it's and it's a tape said tape and it was utfo with roxanne the one with roxanne roxanne on it and so here i am this kid listening to utfo and you could say white suburbia 20 miles north of seattle rocking it out and all my kids are like into gun all the other kids my friends are going into guns and roses and def leopard and poison and the, the hair bands and all bon jovi and stuff here i'm listening to rap music and 
then I got into like LL Cool J and more of the Def Jam. Obviously, Beastie Boys was the first concert I ever went to uh, in in '86. So um, you know that was kind of what. I was born in '88. All right, all right, yeah. So all right, well now we just dated each other (laughs) and dated each other. Not dated, not that kind of dating. (laughs) No, I I'm get it. We can, we can do that too if you want. You want to take it there? I mean, you seem like it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm taking though. I'm taking. No, no, I mean we can go have like dinner sometime. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm coming down to Vegas, or I'll be I'm coming up to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, um, you know, just the the, the long history of electro or, or how I transferred from kind of hip hop which then I started liking the instrumental beats of the hip hop. You know, I mean, you took the lyrics out and it was just the beat, you just grew in this, which I think really got me into my down tempo phase, uh, like down tempo. And it was actually tricky was one of the first albums that got me kind of over into trip hop. And then I started listening to a little bit more electronic trip hop, down tempo ambient. And over the years, just kind of more fell into, if I'm listening to music, it's, it, if I had to go to my station, it's groove salad by Soma FM. That's like my down tempo ambient. It's playing everywhere. If it's not on my show and playing electronic music with a DJ doing something, it's Groove Salad by Soma FM. Shout out. I always got to give a shout out because they're, they're been holding oh, it down yeah. for years. Now, have you ever uh, participated in like a remix competition? And do you feel those are good or bad for new talent? Uh, I've never done that. And I, I, because of my lack of experience, can't speak on that. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. It's not something I've ever really been interested in. Yeah. Some producers like to remix, some don't. I get it. It's all, you know. No, I mean, I'm all about remixing. I just, uh, I, I've never been one to join a contest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and, and speaking of the industry as a whole, do you feel there's too much politics going on in electronic music land out there? Uh, he sounds like yeah. to be a pretty open, yeah. free flowing energy. Yeah. Awesome. Right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this morning I woke up to Facebook and holy wow, <laughs> so much politics over nothing. Um, yeah, why can't we just, you know, uh, I mean, when we when you see something wrong, call it out. But you know, at the end of the day, I feel like uh, the music has to be separated from the artist. You know. Um, my label was called False Idol Music because I, I strongly believe in not looking up to anyone as an idol, like completely idolizing someone. We're all human. We all have flaws. We all have mistakes. We're all working on ourselves. We're all, and if we're not, we're fucking up and need to be called out on it. And, you know, other than that, um, dude, I mean, like this morning I woke up to the whole LIB thing and, Holy wow. I mean, saw that cancel culture is kind of going crazy. And, you yeah. know, it's a little intense, and people need to be open to just not picking teams and just having an open dialogue and coming to a conclusion and, and working together to, you know, not oust or cancel each other, but, you know, come to a better outcome for all of us you know um 
yeah, I, I, I don't like politics. I try to, that's why you see me only post about music. And if I say anything at all, it just, and I love you or, or something, something nice, you know, and, you know, my mom always said, you know, something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I'm a strong believer in that. And, you know, if, if I don't support it, you know, I'm just not going to support it. I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit there and, and spend my whole time hating on something that's not a good use of anyone's energy. Um, yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean there. I, I, I've, I've been very vocal about certain energies being perpetuated. One of those being cancel culture in the scene or we're better than thou or the, the higher I'm, I'm, I'm a better person than now and it's all about music i mean so far to the place where i've seen people literally try to claim they run a certain genre of music or they own a certain day of the week or they are this in this city and it just makes me go cringe because like how can you say you own a genre of music or you are it or you put others down that are trying to also promote the same genre like you're like that i've seen like gang battles And it was before even I saw this before social media, you know, and that was one of the founding reasons I created the DJ sessions was that I would see three crews doing three different shows on a Friday night and they all would kind of talk about each other. You know how it goes. And I started saying, hey, what if we brought all these crews together and had them break some bread, get together and play together? And they couldn't do that on a Friday night because they were all out partying and doing their shows. But midweek wednesday sit down crew one crew two crew three come over to my house drink some beers and let's play on the dj sessions and kind of be that kind of focal point of bringing it together and making it about the music not about the popularity not about the money you know about having a true genuine let's get back to the roots of why we're doing this yelling greed is a motherfucker yeah and 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 then once i spoke out against certain certain people for the acts that they said they did not like happening, they go and they do the same act that they were doing. They go out and use the same acts against me. And people were coming to me going, they just said that they don't do this, but they're doing it to you because you call them out because they do it to people. We see them doing it. I don't uh, know what you're talking about, but I hope they stop doing it, man. Stop I, it. Like, I think, yeah, stop it right now. <laughs> it right now. I, and I bless their souls. I bless their souls. I try not to let it affect me too much, but I just keep going with my positive mission, my positive goal, and working with people and putting smiles on people's faces. That's all you can do, man. That's all you can do. You know, um, have you ever had an embarrassing moment that you yeah. can recall? To- <laughs> <laughs> That was way too fast. Okay. What? Well, that sounds like you've had a few of them. What was the most? Gosh, now I feel like I'm gonna get like uh, like 20 different stories. What would be your most memorable, embarrassing moment that you had? Oh man, I've had so many. I just, uh, I'd rather not. Okay. Next question. Okay. When you go out there and you try to give it your best and be the best how do you maintain that uh maintain that energy of being your best at all at all times i mean it can be difficult to be always on the go and always be i can't do it i have to sleep i have to eat i have to spend time with my girlfriend you know i got to do things and i got to have fun to keep my energy going but what do you do to try to to give it your best and maintain your, and be the best and maintain your best for you 
Uh, I pray a lot, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I pray a lot. Um, and I just pray that, you know, no matter what happens that, you know, it all, it's, it's all for reason. And, and like you said, I just, you know, I put my best foot forward, stay positive. And, and really the crowd, man, a lot, a lot of it is, is, is the reciprocating energy that you get from the crowd. You can be very, very, very tired and all of a sudden be thrown in an environment where the crowd's energy is just so electric that it amps you up. And the opposite of that can also happen where you, you're very energized and, you know, the room is just so hard that it drain you, you leave feeling drained, you know? Um, so I'd say, I'd say, uh, I'd say uh, the energetic exchange between the artist and, and the crowd has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a quick question. Something just happened during the show, and I just noticed that. Are you are you in a numeral? You're in a symbolism in numerology, correct? A little a little bit of that, and and it just turned three 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 thirty three Pacific time on the show, and I decided to look it up, and I was wondering how you might feel about the number three three three. Says that it shows that your guardian angel is beside you to provide you with the strength and ability to take one step at a time while you live a stress free life. Your thoughts on that? Uh, these are my guardian angels, that sleepy head. And uh, that's, uh, I don't know if you can see that. That's McCall right there. Mm -hmm. um, those are my two best friends that passed away. They both passed away in 2019, um, six months apart from each other from uh, fentanyl overdoses. Um, well, one was fentanyl, the other was uh, a concoction of things. But, um, yeah, uh, I feel like they're with me all the time, man. Um, and I, I just, um, I, I feel the presence of God with me lately a lot. I feel like God is holding my hand while I'm walking through the darkest times even. Um, and I know that's kind of crazy to say. And I know the, the term God could be triggering and it means something different to everybody, but the universe or, you know, the cosmic energy, Gaia, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just feel like something's with me. I see the signs everywhere. And, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I see, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep pursuing, I wouldn't push my music. I, I only, I only put it out there as an offering and I wouldn't keep pursuing it if the offering isn't being taken. Absolutely. It's it's it, it's the energy it, it kind of the you 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 get what you get back what you put out in the universe you get back what you know you re receive but there is always those that are, are beside you you know my 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 brothers had passed away at a young age when i was a kid but i always feel that they're watching you know helping guide what i'm doing in my life you know and and helping move me forward um which is just awesome you know you just feel it you know, it's, it's something that's, yeah. it's there. There's something more than just the earth, the, 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 the physical plane of what we can touch and what we can see and what we can hear. There's, there's more to it out there. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, going back to the album though, and the release and the party tour, you did mention that while Seattle, uh, yeah, 
<laughs> you mentioned that um, I, I saw on the roster, Seattle's kind of your last stop on this leg of the tour, but you said you're going to be doing a second round in the fall. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are in the middle of booking that right now. Um, so this was, this tour has been kind of being pushed back for two, two years now because of COVID. And um, it's been really hard, you know, to lock all the pieces in place like I'd ideally like to. Um, but I'm, I'm transitioning um, teams right now and we're in the middle of um, booking a, a fall tour. So I'm really looking forward to bringing it to more cities and, and uh, connecting with more people and yeah, just traveling more and, and, uh, and vibing with everybody. And, and it sounds like you kind of have I've done, I was speaking with somebody the other day where they used to be on the go, go, go touring all over the place. And one day it was as a two-year-old kid. He was in South America. He said his two-year-old kids over in Europe and his wife is talking to him on a FaceTime. You'll see where this story is going. And the two-year-old is hearing his voice. And then for some reason, he's FaceTime his wife. There's a knock on the door and the two-year-old starts running towards the door going, oh, it's daddy, it's daddy, it's daddy, and gets to the door. And it's not daddy, but he thought it was because he had been hearing the dad's voice. And a kid started crying. And at that moment, he said, you know what? I'm toning down everything. I'm bringing it back in. And now I'm not being pulled in 85 different ways. I'm controlling my life, my tour, and making my quality of life much better. Um, and he said, you know, once you kind of do that, you can get caught up in the game. But it it's sounds so like you're – you, It's so important, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you kind of have that dialed in. I was going to ask, you mentioned traveling and taking some time off. You're planning the fall tour. What is Mimosa doing over the course of the summer? I am going to isolate myself and throw my phone far, far away <laughs> and just work on music. Um, I feel more inspired now more than ever. And I feel like I'm putting my best work out. So I just want to ride that wave and see where it goes. Nice. It's always good to get some downtime. Um, I feel I'm in the calm before the storm right now. This year we're, we're taking the brand internationally and I'm going to do the, 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 uh, the industry circuit tours going to ADE, then I Warner music conference, IMS rinse, wash, repeat. And I've never done that before. So I'm wondering what kind of, we're, we're gearing it up to do a bunch of stuff, but then I'm like, you know what, let's just throw caution in the wind. Let's just get our passports, get our tickets, get our Airbnbs and let's just go and have some fun, see what's out there in the world, meet some cool people, come back with that experience rather than trying to do, so much and then possibly just burn out and say, I'm not doing that. Sounds a lot less stressful. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, hey, Mimosa, yeah. I really appreciate you being on the show this afternoon. Is there anything, yeah, anything else you want to let our DJ Sessions fans know before we let you get going? Um, check out the album. Check out, check out the album before that and the one before that. And the one before that. And the one where, before that. Where can people go to check out those albums? Um, anywhere. Google um, Mimosa uh, Music uh, and on SoundCloud, Mimosa, M-U-Z-I-K. 
um yeah i'm really bad with all my social media <laughs> i believe it's all probably under uh, mimosa m-u-z-i-k uh and uniformly definitely is it definitely is and then the links are right there i'm looking at your soundcloud right now under mimosa music that's what i was listening to earlier today you got your you, you, you got your you got, you got your brook you got your gram you got your twit you got your tube you got your bands in town you know information there on booking and management and i want to give a shout out to the management team for making this happen as well <laughs> mimosa we're going to be following up with you here in the next six months especially we want to touch base with you right before that new tour kicks off maybe give you a little send off kickoff bump whatever it is and we will be in vegas to come down and check you out here soon we'll for a date. thank you <laughs> yes a date i love that it sounds like a plan thank you so much for coming on the show this afternoon thank you so much Pete. you're welcome on that note don't forget to go to our website thedjsessions.com find us on tiktok find us on instagram twitter the book you know check it out thedjsessions.com it's all there that's Mimosa coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm Darren coming to you all the way in from the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington for the virtual sessions. And you know what happens on the DJ sessions? The music never stops.